welcome to the Once in Future Author Podcast. I'm Stephanie, and I'm so delighted today to be joined by poet, songwriter, speaker, Dorothy Auger. She is so multifaceted that I'm thrilled to have her and thrilled with that background with the music in there because a musician myself, thrilled to have you. Thanks for joining me. Oh, thank you for welcoming me. I'm looking forward to this uh, conversation. Oh, I'm so thrilled to have you. And and I have to ask first, I'm I'm here recording this in New York. And where are you right now? I'm in Brussels, Belgium. So it's uh, later in the day. Oh, okay. Yes, it is later in the day for you today. And and Brussels, I haven't had the chance yet to be in Brussels. Uh, you should come. It's a city that feels like almost like a village. It's very small. It's only one million inhabitants. Mm-hmm. So and it's a capital city, so it feels like a capital city, but it's it feels small as well. So now, have you been in Brussels your whole life, or have you been all over? Oh, I started well. Started my life. I was born in Brussels, but um, my parents were living in Africa at the time, uh, in Zaire, now Congo. So I've spent seven years in Congo. Then we came back around Brussels. And while well, just the south of Brussels, in the, in the um, uh, um, periphery of Brussels, and uh, I also spent a year in Belfast, in Northern Ireland. Oh, and okay. then, yeah, yeah. And at some point, I thought maybe I need to get myself some roots somewhere, and so I decided to to go to like Brussels, Brussels, and have been there ever since. Fantastic. And I, and I want to learn so much about you on so many levels. Um, so we're going to start with songwriter and poet, but I have to admit, my favorite thing in your way you uh, describe yourself is an artistic harvester. Mm. Can you tell me a little bit about being an artistic harvester? Because I am intrigued. <laughs> yeah, the artistic harvester is... Um a person who will participate to a workshop or will be in a gathering or so it could be in a coaching and by just being receptive and uh, listening to what is happening, sensing the energy, will kind of capture elements of that energy and elements of the wisdom, you know, of the systemic wisdom that's there. So, so noticing the polarities or the potential conflicts or, you know, the things that go together or don't go together. And then uh, sort of reflect back with a poem in my case, but it could be with a song or it could be with a piece of, of drawing or, and to reflect back at the end of the day or the workshop and say, this is, you know, this is what I captured, um, the essence of what I captured during the, this session. Wow. Have you always been, since you were a kid, an artistic harvester? Were you always able to to embrace what was around you, to absorb it? It sounds like a sponge. And then to to express it. Is that, have you always been expressive like that? I'm not sure. I think when I I started writing poetry when I was seven years old, Mm -hmm. um, I think then my poetry until you know, many years after, um, was maybe more centered around what I was feeling. Um, And maybe as I started studying, you know, NLP and coaching and and all these things, maybe then I started um, paying more attention, or at least 
I think I was already paying attention because I'm fairly, I have a lot of empathy and, you know, and I'm um, oriented towards the others. So I think I will always be paying attention, um, but it's only with maybe with my studies or with coaching myself and with learning and developing my skills that I started at least doing that intentionally uh, or more and more intentionally. Yeah. You know, I never thought about it until you said it right now about writing poetry that is expressing yourself and how what you're describing is not about you. Not just about me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? You know, nobody has ever expressed that so eloquently, that division. You know, people will say to me sometimes, um, I don't know what to write about, or I'll read poetry and realize it is all about the poet and their experiences, but you actually have a delineation there and that's so clear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes, uh, like when we are teenagers, and you know, we write these uh, sad, uh, black uh, poems, or angry poems, you know, it's part of our self expression. And that's very important. Um, but very often in, in a poem, there's an element of universal truth. You know, there's, there's, there's a shared experience, something that we all experience at some point. But then there's also what is resonating what is the in the universe or what is in the other people that I can resonate with, that can create a bridge with. Um, and that's when you um, poetry becomes, I find something really interesting. It, it, it takes a bit of the collective intelligence or it's, uh, it becomes more universal, more spiritual, maybe, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I can see a distinction between those two. Oh, and you explain it so well too. And, and now that you're saying that, I have read poet poems by people who are older than teenagers, but it is still very much their experience. And if they happen to hit upon, as you put it, a universal truth or something, it was almost by accident. And I, as the reader, might hear or experience a poem and hear myself in there and say, oh yes, yes, I've been there, I've experienced it. But what you're describing is so much more than that randomness that yeah. happens. Yes. How do you get started with that? Because as you're describing it, I so want to, you know, not, not just try that myself, but, you know, I'm, I'm yes. hoping that other people will hear this and say, how do I do that on a deliberate manner? There is, um, I guess there is, uh, it would start with an intention. Mm -hmm. which would be the intention to be receptive, not only to what you are experiencing, but what's, you know, you might intuit from your environments. Um, there is, uh, or what metaphors could come into play, because when you work with metaphors, you work already more with, uh, with universal truths or things that are sh more shareable. Mm -hmm. um, I would uh, also, there's uh, like a technique I use in, in a poetry workshop, which is, to actually start a conversation with uh, people who are participating and to have even a, um, ask questions that go into opposite direction. And so you, everyone share a little bit of their personal journey or how they relate to that topic. It could be uh, invisible disabilities, one of the workshop I gave recently, which was really powerful. And it's, you know, we share a little bit about that. And then we actually take the time to sit in silence with everything that we've heard from the others and see what resonates, what comes up from that moment of silence and from that conversation. 
and I uh, notice that new yeah. things come up and um, sometimes, and then we write and sometimes those new things are picked up uh, or um, the way they are organized or someone will use words that somebody else uh, has expressed in the conversation. And so they will pick on that and they will, um, you know, sort of uh, reflect and feed that back in the poem, uh, which is wonderful. What you are describing is so incredibly different than um, poetry workshop that I have experienced. Uh, generally, uh, people would show up with whatever they have been working on, on their own, uh, stand up, do a reading, and others might offer suggestions, reflections, et cetera, and so forth. But there was no uh, collective mind, there, there was no sharing on a topic. I've never heard of what you're describing and I want to sign up. I mean, that's, what, <laughs> that's what I'm hearing because it's like night and day. It's, yes. you know, it's the difference between me showing up with something I worked on in my, you know, lonely little room here versus this, uh, you know, other. Ex expansion, actually. Yes, expansion. What other topics have you been running these on? And, and, and tell me a little bit more about it. I am so intrigued. <laughs> I have uh, the previous one was about uh, weird. I am weird. Oh. So we, <laughs> we were looking at all the, like when we were younger, what sort of weirdness did we thought we were or, you know, what's what people were telling about us or, you know, this type of things. And because we started from the point of view of the idea that the weirdness we had has become or could become a talent. You know, it's different. Others don't understand it because it's very specific to us. And so we, we worked on that. So um, the weirds before, you know, that's when we were teenagers and then we shared that together and what we made from that. So wow. that's another topic we had. Oh, I love yeah. that. And, and, and what you said was invisible disabilities? Mm -hmm. oh. <laughs> yeah, so, so I had, well, it was, uh, I had visible and, and invisible, but in this case, most of the participants uh, had more invisible disabilities and, and some didn't, so it was a mixture. Mm -hmm. And the idea was really to, to sort of examine yeah. the, the difficulties of um, having a disability, especially when it's something that people don't see. Um, and so they don't understand that you might get exhausted so you know that you might have uh, different uh, needs or different ways of managing your energy and um, you know to really share our experience there was I was co-facilitating that with um, uh, DJ Durante who is uh, um, a specialist in disability um, a disability nav navigator so she she also provided a lot of uh, useful insights into how we can care and how we can be inclusive how we can create a safe space for everyone. And um, yeah, so that was a, a beautiful experience. Oh my gosh. Now you work in workshop. Um, do you also work individually with poets? Yes, yes. Now, I, um... <laughs> different than what this workshop sounds like. How does that work with one poet? Well, we've, it depends, there are different levels, but uh, uh, one uh, person, for instance, one director wanted uh, some help writing poems to express or to transform um, the, the worst day of his life, basically. So, so we looked at, you know, looking at childhood trauma and to sort of uh, transform that into poetry. Um, so that's one of the, the work I did. Um, it's also coaching, you know, like uh, giving some feedback on, on poems. 
which uh, which uh, I enjoy doing as well, and I seem to be okay doing that as well. So to give good pointers, not to change, but to to really make it better and enhance, mm -hmm. uh, or at least to give them a chance to to test their voice and yes. you know uh, expand what they can do or or what they're saying. And I always like to bring hope and positivity and resourcefulness so and light in the poems yeah so fantastic and i'm certainly hoping that all of this is available online not just in brussels no it's available online for sure i mean it's maybe more available online than in brussels really <laughs> so. <laughs> because it all sounds so good and we all want to sign up and uh yeah getting to brussels might be a little rough <laughs> now this is your poetry now certainly i you are a songwriter as well and to me songwriting is poetry plus music but mm -hmm. tell me about your music and your songs all right um so songwriting is fairly new to me although i think i've always written songs in a way because uh i remember a teacher of mine who said well your poems sound like songs so I didn't know what it was then, but uh, I sort of kept that in mind. Mm. So I'm working with someone else who is a really talented uh, composer and arranger, guitar player, who is self-taught. Um, wow. And so, yeah, we we produce um, pop folk kind of music uh, with a, some jazz, with some African rhythms in there. And, um, and of course, the text, the lyrics are also, you know, uh, based on personal exper experience, but uh, really bringing some elements of the um, collective or personal development or the spiritual. Uh, so there's always a, a story to the song as well. Now, yeah. were you an instrumentalist or a musician in any way before this new venture? No, I, well, I started learning to sing several years ago and it's, um, it's an amazing experience because it's really aligning myself and my voice, uh, opening all the space for my voice as well. So, uh, and it, it really was a hard, uh, tough journey. I had to work a lot on this because I didn't have a voice and it was completely closed. And now it's starting to sound like something when I'm singing, which is a great, a great reward for all the work put in. And um, I guess I started, I learned the ukulele that you see and so with learning the songs and a little bit of the ukulele I started learning the music a bit more so I'm also self-taught in music mm -hmm. and um, except that I know more of the classical aspects than, than he does so it's a different kind of learning he's from experience he's from you know trying to figure out how to do it and uh, yeah so um, uh, we use uh, guitars and piano I started learning the piano a couple of weeks ago Oh, okay. so this is my new challenge. Uh, How is that? Um, not too bad, actually. Uh, it's 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 long. It's difficult. It's frustrating, but it gives me a lot of um, relaxation as well. I love to be behind the keys and um, trying to figure out and focusing completely on what I need to achieve, or just playing, you know, random stuff. And I could spend hours there just playing randomly and. And I'm fully focused on that. So I have no other thoughts than the music at that moment. So that's wonderful. Oh, I'm glad you're doing the piano. And um, 
one of the things about the piano, I, I will I will say and plug for the piano, is that um, as compared to say the guitar or the ukulele or anything, um, what you see is what you get. If you want to hit a, a note, it's right there. Like you, you, you know, it's it's not you don't. There's no combinations or fingers or any. No, no, it's right in front of you. And um, the other the other little plug I'll give for piano because I played the piano and all those other ones I you and I have are yeah, we... the same the, the same string here. Um, it doesn't hurt your fingers <laughs> like the guitar, I'm sure. And the ukulele are your fingers just a complete mess? Oh, it's not so bad for the ukulele actually. So I think the ukulele is a really nice instrument to start with, right? right the guitar. Uh, especially if you want to go to the guitar. The guitar is hard, but I noticed because I learned a little bit the guitar before the ukulele, but because I knew the ukulele, my fingers um, somehow magically uh, adapted themselves to the guitar. <laughs> you got calluses on your fingers. That's what you need. You end yeah. fingertips. The piano does not hurt. <laughs> but the piano, I agree. The piano is is like, uh, especially if you if you starting to have. Uh, uh, to to know some petition or to you know to to sing music and you know it's it it, it is there I agree you can you can see it. I'm a very visual person I like that I could see it it's right in front of me so oh I'm so excited about your journey now I, I told you I I loved on your uh, on your website and we do want um, all of our viewers and listeners to please go visit your website um, at uh, Dorothy Ojay. O-G-E-R, so Dorothy, O-G-E-R, dot E-U. You definitely want to go there, listen to some of the music, catch some videos. But uh, along with Artistic Harvester, which I was loving there, you have a blurb there about facilitating your team's development. And I just want to hear what kinds of teams are you working with and what are you doing? This is so mm. fascinating. <laughs> I've never been on a poet's website that said that, so please... <laughs> I'm I'm one of those multi slasher. You know, there's a lot of different things. There's a million facets going on here, and if you're working with teams, I want to know what kind of teams those are. So please. Yeah, I'm I'm working with uh, small teams in ONG. Like we have a lot of ONGs in Brussels. Okay. Small organizations, consultancies, and so on with environments or climate you know, all organizations that uh, want to speak with the EU, you know, so they, they come to Brussels. And so it's um, it's part team building or part um, bringing them through a process of change. So cultural change. Um, I'm accompanying at the moment for now several years, actually, uh, the um, clerks at the city office in Brussels. So those who... Uh, declare your birth or you know give you documents and that type of thing so so we are bringing there um, uh, a change in terms of a, a more open culture more collaborative type of culture you know just uh, leadership uh, that type of things yeah so um, you know what I love about all of that is you know too often and maybe it's an American thing but um, uh, poets are here and then everybody else is kind of over here. You know, they're, they're, they're very separate. We have that, you know, romantic vision of, you know, Emerson off in the woods, being a hermit, not being part of uh, mm -hmm. society, 
the collective, you know, what everything you've been saying is so opposite to that. Mm-hmm. And fascinating. <laughs> yeah, you know what I when I I studied Germanic philology and that's languages and literature and the idea is that afterwards you become a teacher. I mean that's one of the outcomes. And I always thought I don't want to become a teacher and go back to school when I just come from school. I need to be, you know, amongst <laughs> the, the normal people and and you know and see <laughs> see what what life is about. And I guess I do the same for poetry, and that's why as well I've become very active in sharing about poetry on LinkedIn because I I really want poetry to become a language of change or, or a new language, a language that you can use to, to think about things differently in a corporate world that's uh, needed terribly. So needed. And that's why I said, usually there's this huge division. The poets are over here and the corporate world or the society or everything else is over here. And the poet is very introspective, looking into themselves and, and writing what is from the inside. And while that's fascinating and it's a nice character study of that person, what you're describing is much more about all of us and how poetry can move us forward. Mm. Yeah, well, as you were saying that, I was thinking, well, yes, I am also introspective within the world because I'm a part of the world. Mm -hmm. And that's also, there's the introspection of me, my system, but there's the introspection of the biggest system in the community in which I am, or, you know, the group of people I'm, I'm working with, or the, the, the whole world, uh, or the nature as well, you know, you can also work from that perspective. And um, uh, I don't know what I was going to say afterwards, that was that, um, oh, well, it's well, gone. <laughs> you have many times because you are so expressive, that your poems are about you. And that's, and that's, you know, certainly what you should be doing. All of our art ha- should have a facet that is uniquely ours, but it's this shared experience mm. and this, you know, writing that is reflective of what is out there, or as you said, harvesting the yeah. history that is out there, which is just so unique to, to what you bring to the art itself that I had not heard anyone speak of and I speak to a lot. Thank you. Oh <laughs> <laughs> <Whoa. laughs> So tell me a little bit about future plans. What's mm. on your horizon? Maybe what's on your horizon for you know any anything being released, new workshops, etc. in the next six months to a year, but also beyond that, what would you like to be doing with all of Well that's a vast question. <laughs> it is a vast question. <laughs> So we'll start with the, the five year, you know, the, the five month plan. What's coming up for you, um, you know, in the, in the upcoming months? What's, what's new on the horizon, um, you know, in the next six months? And then we could talk about the vast universe. <laughs> I am uh, looking forward to my first poem being published. Uh, it is published by Red uh, Penguin Books. Yes, it is. You know, in, in the Leafs uh, collection. So I love that. I was, uh... <laughs> um, I'm... Uh, Working at, I want to convince uh, editors in uh, Belgium, uh, French speaking, to publish uh, 
a story in haiku about a pigeon <laughs> who lives in the in Brussels and he has all kinds of stories happening to him. And he has his uh, he's a friend with a homeless guy and uh, and a dog and you know it's it's uh, I think two hundred and four haikus. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's a whole story. It's really beautiful. So I'm and there's some uh, drawing of um, uh, made in uh, Chinese ink um, by Blaise Deron, so a, a colleague friend of mine who's more in the visual harvester. Ooh. So that's one of the projects. <laughs> Visual Harvester, I love that. Well, this uh, is like quite the project. What is your time frame when you're hoping this will be available for us to enjoy? Well, <laughs> you know, you know how it works in in, in um, publishing. Um, I have still have people to contact, so, so of course they cannot reply if they haven't received information <laughs> yet. <laughs> There's that. And maybe this will be the impetus to say, I've got to get a time frame on this. <laughs> I've, got, I, I've got the dossiers already. So, I mean, I haven't, I have sent it to three uh, people who haven't uh, replied okay. in six months or seven, eight months time. So it may, it may <laughs> take a while. These things do take time, but um, you know, one, one thing about goal setting, I always say I'm a goal setter to a fault. Um, is that we have to decide what we want, but we also do have to put some sort of a, I want it in the next year, six months, five years. If we don't put some sort of a time on it and just say, eh, sometime. Yeah, yeah, that's, happens. I like to, um, to visualize and imagine that. So as you were speaking, I was kind of Imagining at the same time that I was holding the book in my hands, you know, Ooh, and, I like that. You know, and I, I have a sense if I that it will be Christmas, um, two thousand twenty-three, okay. I guess. Yeah, or earlier. I don't know. I'm confused about <laughs> what the year is. But, uh, anyway, it will be around that time, I guess. You know, okay. we'll see. That's a plan. See, I like that. I like that because I want, I, I'm a keep moving forward person. So if you you have brought so much insight to me and, and honestly exp expanded my mind in, in huge of ways, course. just of how to view you know, even just poetry workshops differently because not of what my experience has been before. So if the least I can do when you've so expanded my mind and introduced new ideas is to introduce the idea of set a deadline, make an action <laughs> plan and let's manifest that future. So you're holding that book in your hand. Okay, I will keep you up to date on my progress. <laughs> That's a promise then, I, I got that on tape. <laughs> okay. Now, before we finish, where can our um, listeners find you? I certainly mentioned on your website, that's someplace that they can find you. And I'll make sure that that's in there. Um, Dorothy Auger. So it's Dorothy and then O-G-E-R dot E-U for the mm -hmm. European Union. Um, is there anything yes. else coming up that we want to be able to follow you on? Are you on well, I or anything? I think I share um, uh, poems on Instagram. So that could be uh, for, for lovers of poetry. That could be one way of uh, finding some of my work or, you know, like an update on work. Oh, fantastic. Uh, and so uh, 
It's Dorothy, D-O-R-O-T-H-Y, O-G-E-R. You Google me, you'll find everything. Oh, good. <laughs> That was a great answer. <laughs> there's, there's only, well, there's two of me, but um, the other person is just has one notice. So, and um, uh, also, I would say, uh, Medium, I publish several articles there regularly uh, on creativity or my life experience as well, you know, uh, uh, like about this um, first uh, songwriting workshop I attended, uh, where I thought I would uh, be completely. Um, you know, stupid because uh, I never studied and anything like that. And I came across many beautiful limiting beliefs for creativity. So, so I write about that. So anyone who wants to, to check that out, uh, will find it there and, you know, some more personal stuff, but uh, always with a view of uh, inspiring, um, um, connecting with creativity, with hope, right, right. Uh, with resilience. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh my gosh. What a joy you have been. You've really given me and I'm sure our listeners a whole lot to think about. Uh, thank you very much uh, for, for your great questions. Oh, well, you know, you thank you for all of the work that you're doing and uh, in, in your own life, but in the lives of others, the ones you're touching on a personal level in workshops and coaching, but also our listeners. Just awesome. And I do want to keep reading you. So make sure that I keep getting opportunities for submissions, would you? I will. <laughs> Thank you so much. And for all of our listeners out there on the podcast, I hope that you've enjoyed meeting Dorothy as much as I have. And for all of you, happy writing. Happy writing. See you. Thank you.